not only do our six cities and other communities in Calcasieu Parish win when we get people to spend the night, but the entire five parish region can win when we bring people in and they're spending overnights in Lake Charles or Sulphur or Iowa or Benton, wherever the case might be. You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 72, The Ambassadors, featuring Kyle Edmiston, Angie Manning, and Eric Zartler of the Visit Lake Charles team. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Thank you for tuning in to this 72nd episode of Find the Good News. In this episode, I'm sharing my roundtable conversation with Southwest Louisiana travel ambassadors from Visit Lake Charles, our Southwest Louisiana Convention and Visitors Bureau. If you have something that's adding to the cultural landscape of our region, you'll want to listen to this episode and find out how the Visit Lake Charles team can work with you. I have some great episodes coming up that I think you'll be interested in. Next episode features local educator Travis Bolden. Travis and several of his students are on a mission, encouraging people to flex their mental math muscles. He and his students came for a visit and put me on the spot. How good am I at quick multiplication? You'll find out. After that, I had the pleasure to enter the mind of musical master Trip Wamsley. I had so much fun talking to him and learning about how he became the maestro of the bass guitar he is today. The next several episodes after that will feature the loving heart of Eugenie Tullis, Greg Soden of the Classical Ideas Podcast, Ashley Gott of Empire of the Seed, the communications team at CSE Federal Credit Union, Chase Bonin with the Lake Charles Comedy Scene, Pastor Luke Norsworthy of the Newsworthy with Norsworthy Podcast, and Lisa Reed, local artist and owner of Flock of Five in Sulphur, Louisiana. Your suggestions for new guests are a great help. Keep sending me leads on good people doing good works, and I'll keep having these conversations. I'm looking forward to the road ahead, but now it's time to get ready for what's right in front of us. So pack your bags, grab some essentials, and maybe a few luxury items too. Put the top down, feel the Southwest Louisiana sun on your face, and press play on a little good news. It's really great to sit down at a table and have a fun conversation with friends, teammates, and creative partners. It's something I've always enjoyed. I'm thrilled when a conversation moves like a wave, rising with meaningful dialogue, cresting with useful information, sinking into comfort and laughter, only to have the wave's energy cycle again. That's the type of conversation I had with members of the Visit Lake Charles team, President and CEO Kyle Edmiston, Communications Director Angie Manning, and Sales Director Eric Zartler when they visited me on Find the Good News. I've been blessed to work with the crew of the Southwest Louisiana Convention and Visitors Bureau for many years. In that time, I've witnessed many professional connections develop into friendly, personal relationships. Visit Lake Charles has always been staffed and steered by good-natured people. It's one of the things I've always admired about this vital entity. The crew at Visit Lake Charles is passionate about sharing the treasures of our region with the rest of the world. In doing this job, they also provide touch points for locals to discover the wonder of their own backyard. Beyond that, they have always worked to germinate new and exciting events and festivals that put our best features forward, while attracting even bigger and better activities to Southwest Louisiana. We all benefit from their good works. Each person working at Visit Lake Charles has enhanced the quality of life for everyone that calls Southwest Louisiana home. 
The overall spirit of this conversation is joyful. I feel the interactions between Kyle, Angie, and Eric are a true reflection of the positive and dynamic relationship that is shared by their entire staff. It's an insight into how their team lovingly works to bring travelers to this Gulf Coast jewel we call home. This is my conversation with Kyle Edmiston, Angie Manning, and Eric Zartler of Visit Lake Charles. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going. Cause you're laughing in your sleep On the path to your deliverance And a holy wall of light Pouring through your window Old news, bad news, fake news Sometimes you just want to shut it all down And get no news at all With Find the Good News, I aim to change that By focusing on good people doing good work I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders Musicians, business owners, students, volunteers And everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources and talents To bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. Since there's a bunch of us at the table, I think I'd like to go from my right around the table counterclockwise so people listening can get the voices with the names. So just however you'd like to introduce yourself to whatever capacity you want to. Well, you left that wide open. Yeah, right? you can go for it. Whatever go for capacity? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's I'm the singing scared. coming around. I have to follow Angie. <laughs> Well, I'm Kyle Edmiston. I'm the president and CEO of the Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Convention and Visitors Bureau. I've been in this community now for two years and uh, came here from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I'd been for six years and originally from North Louisiana. So there's a little more redneck in my accent. So my voice should stand out among the four of us as we talk today. (laughs) And I'm not sure if you can distinguish my voice from Kyle's, but (laughs) I'm Angie Manning, Communications Director, and um, I've been at the CVB for 16 years, and so I like to tell people I started when I was 14, you know, so then I'm 30. um, bad at math. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm all about words, but um, I love what I do, and I've been able to really um, work with the arts community and local musicians and um, just really show people what's so amazing about our area. Eric Zartler, sales director at the CVB. Um, been there going on 12 years in March. Um, it's just, uh, it's one of those things that I didn't grow up and say I wanted to be the sales director of the CVB, but it's it's definitely my passion and, and what I love to do. And um, I've definitely found my niche, I think. So I uh, really enjoy it and get to work with a lot of different groups, sports groups, uh, associations, different things like that. And you are passionate about sports, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's so kinda, is Angie. I think that's kind of yes. cool what you just said. <laughs> that might be a, a good way to kind of go around the table and, and have a conversation right out the gate that discovery of something that you're passionate about that you really just didn't have on your radar did it in what ways has that been like that for all of you i mean kyle did you find that yourself 
I did. Uh, like I said, I had a couple careers before I got into travel and tourism, and so I would say that the tourism aspect of what I do and the marketing aspect of what I do uh, has become my passion. I was the alumni director for one of our state universities. I spent some time in retail, uh, but when I, I, I first got in the travel and tourism industry, I was the president and CEO of the Rustin Lincoln Convention and Visitors oh, okay. Bureau. Uh, it, uh, very similar to what Eric said, I just feel like I found my niche, and then the, I've stayed in that space the whole time. But it uh, created that passion when I when I first started doing that. So yeah, what about you, Angie? Yeah, well, I started off in journalism, media, public relations, and I had a, a background in French literature. So that's in order to get an English degree from LSU, I had to take a lot of different foreign language courses. So I went ahead and took extra ones so that I could have a minor. And I moved to France and I lived there for about a year and a half and then moved back and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Of course, um, when all of us were going through college and all of that tourism, I don't think was really talked about or the hospitality industry as a whole. Um, it wasn't anything that was on my radar. And so um, once I moved back, I was just kind of looking at what could I do and what could I do with media or journalism or things like that. And then somebody just told me about a job at the um, Tourist Bureau. And I thought, I don't I don't know about that because I thought it was just handing out brochures. And it's so much more than that, of course. But um, so I took a chance and went in for an interview. And I've been able to use my French. Um, whenever we have French speakers come through, I'm able to tap into writing. I'm able to use um, music and just a lot of different creative things that have always been part of my life, but I didn't know that it could exist oh, in one yeah. space. And so that's, you know, pretty much why I have been doing this for so long. Yeah, I like that. It's a lot of little strings on the instrument and you get to pluck them all. That's nice when you find something like that. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Uh, gosh, I thought I wanted to be on TV. Did you? I did. Um, started out in television uh, right out of college in Alexandria, Louisiana, um, and then uh, moved down to Lake Charles as quick as I could and uh, started in construction in, in Lake Charles and went back into TV and uh, had my own sports talk radio show for a while here in Sulphur on, on uh, KEZM and uh Became the voice of the Louisiana Swashbucklers, and that's what I was oh, really? doing when uh, when the job came up at the CBB. So, oh wow, I yeah. didn't realize that. Can you yeah. talk like a swashbuckler? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you get to still be on TV though. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and on podcasts. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. right, right. Well, they're 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 starting to grow in our area, and you know we have there's a handful, maybe not, you know, it's not robust yet, but it's leaking its way across the Gulf Coast. You know. Well, it's. Good that the Gulf Coast can catch up with the rest of the country. They've been doing it for a while. Yeah, that's right. Out in California, man, it's like almost overrun with podcasts. It's the thing. If you're a if you're a movie star on TV or a comedian or something or anybody, it's like, hey, you should do a podcast. They go do a podcast. But uh, down here, I think it's, I'm still having to explain what it is. You know, like, so is it the radio? Is it what is it? You know, which actually leads me into my big, huge question. What is the Southwest Louisiana Convention and Visitors Bureau? Because, you know, I, I, I'll just, y'all know this because I've told y'all before, but when I'm meeting with other clients and they go, so who do you work with? I go, well, we work with this entity and this entity. And most of them, they get it. They're like, oh, I know what that is. I know who that is. But when I get to the Convention and Visitors Bureau, 
there's that. Yeah, I know what I've heard that. I've seen the logo. I don't know actually what that is. And so we end up having a dialogue with those clients, you know, and, and pitching the Convention Visitors Bureau to, in that regard, I guess. So how about it? I would say the simple uh, version of it is we are a DMMO, Destination Management and Marketing Organization. DMMO. DMMO. And so then to further take that down the road a little bit, um, it's our organization's job to market, promote, sell, and bring economic impact from visitors to Calcasieu Parish. And so whether it's a sporting event, whether it's a leisure traveler, whether it's a cultural event, anything that we can do to enhance the economic fabric of the community, then that's where we are uh, lending our assistance. And so, of course, as you just said, uh, talking about the guitar strings, then it allows us to play a lot of things because we do do everything from social, digital, billboards, print, uh, television, all types of advertising to, in the sales efforts, uh, associations and meetings and conventions to youth baseball, softball, basketball, Olympic boxing, wherever that might go. And so it's a broad spectrum. Uh, and as the community has grown, uh, our footprint and our, our ability to assist that has grown as well. Yeah, and I think that um, as the Convention and Visitors Bureau, people might also be familiar with us as visitlakecharles.org mm-hmm. or Visit Lake Charles on our different social media channels. So sometimes people don't realize it's the same entity, but they've interacted with us. Oh, yeah. Or they're okay. looking for events, um, things that are going on in the community, and our website pops up. We have a comprehensive calendar. We're constantly adding information to visitlakecharles.org. We support a lot of different festivals and events, I mean, either through grants or through um, just blogs and uh, social media and getting the word out there. So I think part of the problem is that we do so many different things and um, bringing conventions to town, bidding on sporting events, bringing those to town um, and supporting all of our arts and things that are going on. It's just um, like Kyle said, a really a broad spectrum and sometimes unless people are interacting with us on um, those different events and things like like that they might not realize all that we do it's yeah. a it's a lot to to take in yeah it really is i mean i i'd look at it uh, and i always challenge our sales team with providing positive experiences for for visitors when they come to the area uh, we just held the usa boxing olympic trials and we had people asking us for home guides to move here when wow. the event was over you know uh, some other staff and things so uh, we don't want them to move here because we want them to come back and visit <laughs> <laughs> Or they can move here and then invite There's no realtors listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that is interesting. I mean, and that is a big part of y'all's job. If if you're a traveler and you you find a place you like, you're probably going to go back and go back. And I know some people do that when they travel. They're like, hey, look, I I keep going to this place and I'm really enjoying myself. They, They get that bug of in their brain that says, you know, maybe, maybe we should move here. So I never really thought of that as something that the CVB was impacting. You know, I've always thought of it as... It affects our quality of life as the people who live here, but from the traveler's perspective, I never really considered that people were actually having those feelings. Like, yeah, I want to, I want to pack up and 
Call Lake Charles, well, Southwest Louisiana. And the home. more people who move here, the more social media footprint we have too. So while people are here and they're sharing their experiences, it's not as different than in the past when people would just oh take you know take a picture with a Polaroid or something and then they would put it in their family album and that's it. Now when people come to visit or new people move here, they're experiencing things for the first time and they're really excited about. It. It's like oh my gosh, Mardi Gras, oh my gosh, the Creole Nature Trail, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so they're discovering things that people who have lived here for a really long time maybe they're just too busy or uh, what I like to call the chilling and grilling kind of attitude everybody's happy you invite the family over you have some barbecue and you just kind of chill and grill but um and you're happy and that's a great thing but it's like there's so much out there to experience you know and i think new residents um probably look for things a little bit more than people who have lived here their entire life yeah yeah well and one of the things Warren, that's so important for uh, the people to understand is we all travel and so we've all been places, but when you come to Southwest Louisiana, the the reception and the welcome that you get from the people who are here is what makes the difference. Our, our food is great, our music is wonderful, the events we put on are fantastic, and, but they have great events and fantastic things like that in Houston and Dallas and Atlanta and Nashville, but our people here are completely different than the people that you meet there, and the people here make you feel like you're at home make you that's why people want to move here that's why people want to come back to visit here is it's the person that meets them at the hotel it's the person that takes them on a lift ride from from their hotel to their restaurant and the conversations and just the down-home nature of all of our people that make people want to come back to Lake Charles in southwest Louisiana yeah that's important and y'all have a y'all have a hand in that right I mean as an education component to the CVB for locals isn't there yes yeah, like Eric. yeah. Um, actually, Taylor Stanley on our staff right now is actually working on a uh, program with our local hotels, and I think that'll expand out to restaurants and attractions and things like that in the future. But it's it's all about providing positive experiences and, and knowing your community and knowing what we have and uh, sharing that with visitors and in a positive way. You know, yeah. um, you know, th- there's a lot of things to do here, and it's. It's kind of cool. We get to see things through visitors' eyes a lot uh, when we do familiarization tours and things like that. And, What's and that? Bring... Can we put a, talk about that? What's a familiarization tour? I'm going to let Angie come. <laughs> okay. <that. 'Cause> she, <laughs> she handles that probably more yeah. than any of us. It, so. it, it's what it sounds like to get familiar with an area. So um, it could be media that's coming here, and then they can share their experiences um, as they are familiarizing them, themselves with the area. Okay. Um, so, and then same thing with, with sales. If we have people coming in for site visits, of play, you know they might want to bring their event here their convention here or something like that we set up a familiarization tour where we take them to some of the high points that okay. they might be interested in so how is that different than when you bring writers around is there a different dynamic to that when you bring a, or do a writers tour well I'm if, assuming that's what it's yeah, called. yeah I mean you look at uh, if it's writers or uh, media you look at um, what their focus is and so if it's a culinary fam then you want to really focus on the culinary aspects of the area but and the only difference would be you know if it's um, more of a, a sales thing if it's facilities driven and looking at um, the capacity and the infrastructure that we have in order to host the okay. event so it's just a different spin but basically just trying to showcase what would resonate with them so for people listening to this that made no zero uh, what is something that the cvb has been involved in that everyone would know 
or maybe even helped build from the ground up that they're all they're interacting with this but they don't really realize that you guys are the launch pad for that where do we start yeah it's good i mean (laughs) uh, there's there's a lot of different things um of course um with olympic trials that were just held here that's something that you know eric and the team you know we were able to bring here lots of sporting events um but then i think the creole nature trail is a good example of that and how it was um from a state byway to national scenic byway to the creole nature trail all american road that's something that the CDB was highly involved in in creating this um, as a destination unto itself and really bringing that designation to the area. Um, other events like Arts and Crabs that um, originated from the idea of bringing the, the crab, you know, because um, Lafayette touts that crawfish and we love crawfish <laughs> and everything, but you know, we wanted, okay, we have the crab, that's our thing. So uh, Arts and Crabs Fest um, generated from an idea of the CDB and working with the Arts Council. Um, So there are a lot of events around the area and the Christmas event in Lake Charles started out as an idea of, hey, around Christmas time, there isn't really anything going on. What what could we do? And so the idea of the Christmas festival was born and now that's totally handled, you know, by by the city of Lake Charles. But it's just those little ideas. You see a gap, you fill a gap. Uh, the Boudin Wars, um, that came out through the uh, Grand Réveil Acadien of uh, 2011. Uh, <laughs> Kyle's rolling his eyes. I can't say that <laughs> uh, The Great Acadian Awakening. G-R-A. So, so we ended up having the first Boudin Wars as part of that. And then now, of course, um, you know, Sulphur and, and Tom over at the Brimstone handles Boudin Wars. So there are a lot of things that started with the CVB that we don't necessarily handle anymore, but um, that is a little, um, I guess, a little color that we've added yeah. to the community. So Jack does like a, maybe this isn't the right word, but almost like an incubator to some degree, like seeing an event be born, putting some things in place, ideas, maybe some funding, and then kind of launching that ship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we drive a lot of different vehicles, uh, you know, in the sports world. Uh, Twenty. This will be the 20th year that Sulphur hosts the state high school softball championships. Yeah. So 20 years ago, the CVB spar went to bat and and won the bid got it away from you like that went to bat i figured yes. she was gonna like that she so. didn't quite catch that no. one well, she's <laughs> like bat there's no bats in football i was drinking clever. water <laughs> clever I just kind of, learning about I, sports i blanked so. out for a second i'm sorry well um, so so we partner with a lot of local entities on bidding on different events uh you know um whether it be casino you know one of the casino properties on a major convention or one of the parks and rec departments on a sporting event or just you know some of the local community groups on different festivals and things like that you know it's been my experience in working with you guys that y'all's team is very professional i might not you know know everything but uh, at least it seems very professional and that everybody always seems to work really hard and go the extra mile and has that been y'all's experience overall that ever that that's how the team operates at the convention business bureau yeah definitely i think it goes back to passion yeah okay absolutely yeah and and i'd also like to say it goes back to leadership i know you had on one of your podcasts earlier this year shelly johnson oh sure shelly was 31 years and a lot of these events that angie just talked about uh were were things that she just pushed and pushed and pushed and she created this staff that's so wonderful and 
and uh, that goes above and beyond. And like I said, she's uh, now retired, but you know, inducted into the Destinations International Hall of Fame, and, and you know, received numerous awards from the Southeast Tourism Society, from the Louisiana Travel Association. And so what we are as an organization really began over 30 years ago when she really started with uh, four other people. And it was a really small organization. And she has really helped to grow that and put us all sitting around this table into the places that we are and and help to train and move us. I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, I'd actually like to talk to you about that. What's that been like for you? I mean, to come in and go, hey, this is actually pretty well oiled and now i'm you know i've got this yeah i mean you're like you're taking over a big battleship you know what i mean it's all armed and ready to go and staffed i mean how's that been well you know i i've i've told others that it's a whole lot uh, like taking over after bill gates uh you know you are thrilled by what you're being handed but it's on the other side it's a little daunting not to mess it up <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. And and, and that's the case is that the, the, the ship is moving in, in the right direction. And, and of course, uh, all of southwest Louisiana is seeing tremendous economic growth uh, with, with both industrial, tourism. Uh, and you can just feel it as you drive around the community in, in all of our communities just to see that growth. So, again, the, the team itself is just uh, fabulous and was very fortunate, in fact, Coming from Baton Rouge, part of the reason that I uh, chose to come here and picked to come here was because of the team that was already there. I knew what I would be inheriting working as the state travel director. I had worked with many of the senior level uh, executives at the CVB uh, for the six years I was in Baton Rouge, and so I knew how good they were. And so uh, that was a, that was a big draw for me to want to come over here and work with this team that was already put together. I love that answer. How does that make y'all feel to hear that? Warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I mean, it must feel good. It makes me feel I mean, proud. Yeah. Definitely, definitely proud. That's the word I was going to use. Yeah. As I, as you were talking about that, it made me feel proud, or, or an idea of pride, anyway. Is that you know, as a local person, just in your day to day life, how important it is to be a representative of your area with the people you encounter. You know, we were kind of chatting before how sometimes you can take negative pride sometimes, and and negative pride to me is the way I would explain it is when you get caught in a habit of complaining about what's wrong with your area I mean, it can happen you know to the best of us where you just slide off the cliff and all of a sudden you're just climbing down every rung's got some grievance on it but whenever you have positive pride it's like well hang on let me make an effort to actually look at all the great things and y'all make that possible with what you do i think you know for us too as just an average citizen to look around and go hey there's actually a lot of things that i can look up the ladder to you know all these good things i can share with people in conversation even with other locals you know that don't for one for me and it's the oddest thing is adventure point right here right here in sulfur so often i tell people especially people with children or kids interested in science and nature or just people that maybe want to get outdoors more but they're just not quite there they're not an outdoors family because that happened have conversations with a lot of folks like that and when i tell them so we'll bring them to adventure point and they're like yeah what is that and i'm like oh gotta go you know but it's just that little bit of tiny awareness people go they just don't take that extra step they see something and they're like i don't know what it is and i'll check on it later that's a great place Mm-hmm. You know, to me, to uh, start a conversation like that, especially just hyper local in one city, we have that right here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love that place. I love the way you're greeted when you walk in there. 
And if you have time, they'll talk to you and share it's stories. It's the only place I can play a musical instrument and it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Right. The jury's still out on that, Eric. I'm not even sure. <laughs> and it's hard to believe we're coming up on the uh, the fifth anniversary mm-hmm. of, wow. the, of the Grand Open. Wow. It, long already? it will wow. be uh, April of 2020. We'll celebrate five years that, that it's been open. And uh, like I said, I was fortunate enough to experience both the uh, groundbreaking and then the ribbon cutting uh, as we did that uh, five years ago. But we'll uh, we'll have some celebrations out there for people to keep their eye out for in April. Yeah, well, that's it's a really cool project, and if, especially people haven't gone out to see the attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just really interesting as the idea for that was being you know explored that okay we're going to have this you know this place where people can experience nature have a launch pad for the creole nature trail but the more that everybody talked in the room and we involved people from all different aspects of the community the more we realized that you really couldn't separate the culture from the land Mm. you know and so that's why we have in addition to just you know people can experience the nature and things like that that's why we have the music stage that's why we have cajun and zydeco and and cajun and creole cooking and people can smell the spices and understand how it's kind of the spirit of the people with the land it's not just the land yeah and so um it's a really cool thing it's open seven days a week and as people are coming through they can experience a little taste of the area get to know the culture on a high level um you know it's it's not totally in depth but just in a way that they can sort of understand what they're what they're yeah. experiencing and even how to um, pronounce some of the words that they might right. see on a menu <laughs> yeah that's the thing i like about it is you, you just said it it's like an overview it's like you get a little sample of a lot of things really quickly it's not just wildlife and outdoor adventures you know it's you know food music uh, that's really interesting mm-hmm. it's well done too i mean i don't know i think people are everyone i've talked to that's ever went and said hey that place that you told me to go they're they're always kind of blown away because i don't think they know what to expect they walk in the door and they're like whoa this is got a tree in the middle, in the middle <laughs> you know? but don't climb it orin <laughs> no you need to stop climbing the tree <laughs> yeah no it's uh, my son likes it he's he, we've been there several times and it's funny with a kid like what they're interested in when they're um when they're little if you keep going back to the same place their interest levels change you know and so they see something that or they understand something that they didn't understand before you know where it's like first it's like oh it's an alligator now they're like oh let me read the sign you know as they get older they can they can wade in i like watching parents when i'm over there too the way they they seem to be having a good time just walking through their kids and, and everybody loves it and that's uh like i said that's been the overwhelming um response to opening the second office over there and uh, especially the interactive part as you said everybody just loves walking through and then we've got a great staff there that really understands how to communicate about the outdoors and communicate about the uh, Creole Nature Trail and and really has uh, been educational from that standpoint. And I'm happy I know it. I'm helpless. Sorry for interrupting the conversation but I have something I need to tell you about. You may or may not know this, but this podcast is produced in the city of Sulphur, Louisiana, one of the sister cities that make up Southwest Louisiana. All of my childhood memories are wrapped up in the city of Sulphur. It's my home, and it's been a good home for most of my life. There is a growing diversity of unique businesses, services, and events in Sulphur, each with a rich and colorful story to tell about their particular place in this little jewel on the west side of the Calcasieu River. My mission is to promote good news, to put a positive signal out in the world. That's why my team at Parker Brand Creative Services has created the new brand, Sulphur Today. 
Here's how it works. Post your sulfur event, service, photos, videos, or information using the hashtag SulfurToday. That's it. My team and I will scan and curate those posts through the social media platforms we've put in place. Before you make your post, just type hashtag, that's a pound sign for the folks that don't know what a hashtag is, and the words sulfur today with no space. My team at Parker Brand is monitoring this tag right now, and they're ready to create positive digital curb appeal for our city by sharing all the very best sulfur has to offer through the Sulfur Today social media pages. As the Sulfur Today project grows, we will be scheduling interviews and video sessions with businesses, events, and services so they can tell their story of Sulfur Today in a series of ongoing micro-documentaries. Look for the eye-catching Sulfur Today sign when you're out and about. And be ready, we may be stopping by to visit you for a photo op. And don't forget to stop by the Parker Brand Creative Services Studio in Sulphur to grab a Sulphur Today decal for your vehicle or business. We want people visiting our area to know that they can find all the wonderful things we have to offer with ease and be a part of our history by utilizing the Sulphur Today pages or by searching the Sulphur Today hashtag. Do you want to help us tell the story of Sulphur Today? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash sulfur today. And be sure to share positive sulfur information and post often using the hashtag sulfur today. Now, back to find the good news. Y'all work with all of a lot of different cities, right? I mean, it's not just Lake Charles. It's Sulphur, De Quincey, Iowa, Benton, Westlake, Moss Bluff. Where else <laughs> am I missing? But so, what's that like? What what what's it like working with different communities? Because communities have their own cultures. I know we have like a collective culture, but sometimes you know a community has a specific culture all its own. What's what's what have been some challenges with that over the years? Positive challenges that have seen well, fruit. I've been sulfurian. As yeah, well. is that a real word? It is sulfurian. Yeah. I've never heard it, Sulfurite. but I'll take it. Sulfurite. Sulfurite. That, that, that sounds like an element. Sulfurian. Sulfurian. Sulfurite. So, um, you know, I I feel like I'm I live on the west side, but I work you know in Lake Charles, but close to downtown and and all this. But I think that the biggest thing is just to make sure that especially everybody's represented. That anything that's going on that's really cool, like in the De Quincey Railroad Museum when they have things going on uh, their festivals that they have up there during Christmas time when the Christmas train comes through that we're pushing all of those messages that people understand where things are going on it's not that far of a drive you know some people who live in one part of the parish don't always drive to the other side of the parish so um, I guess just the from a marketing perspective and when it comes to um, collecting you know assets or footage or video and things like that we do have quite a a big territory to represent and everybody does have their own um, little sense of culture and you have you know Benton and and you have horse racing and you have you know uh, just these different aspects I think the the biggest challenge is um, finding that one thing that can really pull everybody together and resonate with everybody but the the opportunity is that there are all these different things and different cultures that we can um, you know promote the, the little specific 
personality nuances that each city has. Yeah. And so we work with the, the mayors and um, representatives and, and organizers, you know, people who are event organizers, festival organizers. Uh, we want to make sure that they know that we're there to help support them. So um, if it's sending a photographer, sending a blogger, um, putting it on our social media, and making sure that they understand how to work with us and that we represent the entire parish. Yeah. And so that's, um, you know, from a communications perspective, um, just making sure that everybody is on the same page and we're sort of the glue that holds it together. Because if you have a city website, well, you know, if it's City of Lake Charles or City of Sulphur, so they're not going to put events from other areas on their website because that wouldn't make sense. Right. But we're able to do that. Yeah. And so we're sort of that glue and that one-stop shop where people can go and see what's going on all over the parish. And that's one of my favorite parts of my job. (laughs) I think that's definitely a big juggling act that Angie and her department have is to make the you know, uh, looking at the thing right there, sorry, on the uh, Louisiana Pirate Festival. I mean, to make sure that the people who put the Louisiana Pirate Festival on are just as happy with with the CVB as the people who put on the Starks Mayhaw Festival. I um, see. Yeah, you know, right. Um, and just juggling that to, to give everybody equal love, basically. Uh, we don't really experience that so much in the sales department because we're limited on where venues are that can host different events. So, And that's probably where you're looking for a thing. That's your perspective, right? Is going, okay, this event wants to come to our town. Let me look at the whole picture and see where's the best place to put that or help help find them a facility or a location or whatever it may be, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, and, and Nora, one thing that I, I've made sure I pointed out to not only the mayors within Calcasieu Parish, but also the surrounding area, is if we can get visitors to come and stay wherever they might stay in Calcasieu Parish, well, what's the odds that they might go visit the jail in DeRitter? What's the odds that they go visit Bayou Rum right. in Jeff Davis? What's the odds they go to the uh, lighthouse in Cameron Parish? So not only do our six cities and other communities in Calcasieu Parish win when we get people to spend the night, but the entire five parish region can win when we bring people in and they're spending overnights in Lake Charles or Sulphur or Iowa yeah. or Vinton, wherever the case might be. Yeah, I totally resonate with that because that's how I I like to travel. I can't stand it when I go out of town and I hit like gets caught in like a tourist trap and then maybe it's not a tourist trap but like just this, this one little avenue and there's a lot of shops there and you're staying there and all the food's there and you never leave and you don't go out and explore the whole region, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that's what you're describing. I prefer well, that it's exploring, you know. Visitors don't understand where city lines are drawn nor do they understand where parish lines are drawn they know what they want to experience and that's what we have to deliver (laughs) and we can deliver that through the entire five parish area i like that because that that's something that i notice happens to me when i'm traveling i might not realize i've crossed that line and i'll say oh well i'm in austin and you're like well actually austin's about 15 miles that way and i'm like oh i'm talking to a local in my brain i went to austin yes right you know but Absolutely. i'm actually in another city right now i'm in b b cave or something and i didn't even realize you know what i mean b cave yeah do you know what i'm saying like in my brain i'm saying austin you're like you're not in austin you're in another city and when it's like kyle said going to the experience and that's where we're really driving things you know now because people it's it's a beautiful thing because they can figure out everybody has their own little you know thing that they want to experience and so we can serve that information up to them and just like the the boudin trail that goes throughout the entire parish and um we have our bruising spirits trail which 
has Bayou Rum, also in Sulphur, um, Yellowfin Vodka, yeah. and then, um, you know, Crying Eagle and, and all of this. So that that's those opportunities where you can find um, a niche that somebody might be interested in, but it, it ties the parish together. It's not just something that you would experience just in sulfur it's sulfur it's you know all the way a little bit on the other side of highway um you know crying eagle and, and acadian coffee roasters and then um pushing that local message too people want to experience um what the locals experience where the locals go to eat mm-hmm. and all of that stuff so we're just fortunate that we have local products to go along with local businesses and a lot of the entrepreneurs in the area work together and have a really good relationship with one another and it's just it's you know it makes makes my job easier anyway when it comes to promoting everything that the parish has to offer how important is it for local businesses and event organizers to feed the cvb information it would make my job easier. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> job easier. But yeah, well, we'll go find it. We'll hunt it down. <laughs> it, it, it's critical. We are, uh, um, we provide information to the visitors. And if you don't provide the information to us, then we can't provide it to them. And so um, we, we have um, tried to make it as seamless and easy as possible, but the information in is the information that goes out. Yeah. And so, like I said, we, 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 we relish, and Angie and her team do a great job of tracking it down, but the better the communication is with us, then the better we'll be able to be about uh, transmitting that information back out to the visitor. I love it when I'm at a local shop or or a restaurant or something and, you know, just happen to see like a CVB tour being brought in. That happens to me a, a few times and I'm like, wow. And they're like, oh, yeah, CVB. They're, they'll even mention that they have a tour coming through and it's something that y'all have organized. I think that's cool. So y'all do actually do that. Mm-hmm. And we have a mechanism, especially for people. And even if you're just a, if you're a local musician or you have something going on at a show or whatever, you can submit that to us as well because we put everything that's going on so if it's an art show if it's music if it's a festival it's an event um something that um that the general public could attend and be interested in we have if you go to org slash submit then you could submit your event right there okay and so um and then if that's complicated then you can just email me uh, <laughs> so that's something that uh, we're trying to educate the community on but it's just really hard and I, and I understand people are busy and we're not the top thing that they're thinking about but we definitely should be part of anybody's marketing plan when when you're planning an event to make sure that the CVB is involved that we know what's going on we can we can we can push it um, like Kyle said to the visitor you know through through social media through a website and in a lot of different ways and it's free I mean we're doing this because that's what we do yeah and so it's 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 really just um, you know another part of a marketing arm uh, that that people can utilize and if it's a local business we have business listings we have our uh, restaurants, events, you know, anything that would be germane uh, be, uh, to a visitor experience. We have that on our website, too. And and if you go to our website and you see your, if you're a business owner, a restaurant tour or something like that, and you're like, man, I have better pictures than that. That's great. Send them. We want them. So we want to represent everybody the best way that we can. Yeah. 
I advocate that all the time. I always tell small businesses when we're meeting with them that it's so many things that you can do. You know, the things that you're saying you wish people knew more about your business, feed it to these entities, especially to the CVB, especially if you're, you know, you have an event or, or some kind of a cultural shop. That's what I, I see a lot of around here is little cultural shops or things that are of interest, odd, just a little off the beaten path maybe but uh it's it's high interest to a traveler or a tourist you know they like i know as a traveler i like it when i feel like i found something do you know what i mean it's like oh i found this you know it's my secret you know in bee cave bee cave right yeah well now that's a real place <laughs> it is. yeah it's a real place it's right outside of austin okay. i just uh <laughs> I something I missed, yeah y'all we're not we're not sticking to our mission we're promoting some other area oh uh, yeah well you know okay that's a question i had don't y'all y'all travel to get training and such too with other other cvbs right you know absolutely yeah what's that what's that like for you guys to experience that you know the camaraderie camaraderie of the travel and tourism industry but then also to connect and learn with other people i would say the the most intriguing thing about that that people will find interesting is that unlike any other competitive business our competitors are willing to share every single thing that they do really what works successfully and to the opposite, what doesn't work. And so when we go to these uh, conferences and, and, and spend time with our colleagues, they literally will get on stage and, 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 and give you the roadmap of what they did and how it worked for them. And wow. so, like I said, most competitive businesses, you're trying to hold that in. And in the travel and tourism space, that just is not the case. And so uh, it's very enlightening. And like I said, you can certainly take things from uh, similar markets and bring them back and try them. And we've certainly done that in, in, in communications as well as in sales so and so y'all are that's like the lieutenant governor's travel conference yes. right y'all have had that last year and you're hosting it again this year or you're not the year or we had last? 18 yeah. oh, okay. and then okay. we'll host it again in august of 20 yeah i i was at that event just taking pictures and i got to stand you know into some of those conferences and man it just gets your brain firing there's so many <laughs> ideas i mean that you just was like, wait you could do this you could do this and you're seeing other people's applications i thought that was really great that's some great you have great speakers at those events mm-hmm. yeah it's uh like i said it's one of the largest uh tourism conferences is held by the state in in any of the 50 states and so it'll be here in august and probably uh this year we look to uh eclipse 600 attendees for the three-day event wow so yeah and it's people from all over the state right Mm -hmm. is it just to louisiana or is it well uh, the, the the people from Louisiana are the intended audience. Okay. Uh, but because of the vendors and the ah. and the people wanting to do business, is people from all over the United States will be here. Okay. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm I hate to pause the program, but I want to ask you something. Did you know that you can help me and my team at Parker Brand Creative Services grow the Find the Good News signal? For less than a fancy cup of coffee, you can become an Early Risers Club patron on our Patreon page. What's Patreon? Well, it's a way for creators to fund their projects by pooling support from those really passionate people that believe in what they're doing. Do you believe in what we're doing with Find the Good News? I hope you do. We believe that there's already enough negative news in the world, even right here at home, and that good people doing good works deserve a platform to speak from too. That's why we created Find the Good News, and we believe in that simple mission. Maybe you believe in it too. 
If you do believe in finding and sharing good news, then head over to our Patreon page right now or check out the link in the show description. For a commitment of $3.33 a month, you can join the Early Risers Club of Find the Good News Patreon supporters and get access to the B-Sides, a patrons-only podcast with the crew behind Find the Good News, Parker Brand Creative Services. Each time we level up, the Patreon rewards will get bigger. If you're tired of old news, bad news, and fake news, help support Find the Good News at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. That's patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. Now, back to the episode. So, Kyle, uh, another question directed at you. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm feeling on the hot seat. Uh, right yeah, that's, oh, that's why Angie picked that chair. I see some smoke coming out of that's the what chair. what happens when you... Yeah. So, you, you said you're from Ruston? Originally, yes. Yeah, and you were uh, with the Convention Business Bureau there, right? Yes. The director? So, what's been the difference between, you know, your experience in Lake Charles and Ruston? I mean, has it been similar or are there some key differences? Well, I, like I said, I think the uh, the similarities would be, you know, the things that you do in, in any leadership role uh, work, whether you're in Ruston or in Lake Charles. Um, that's about where the difference is in. I mean, Ruston is a, is a wonderful community. I grew up there. I love going back to visit there. Um, but it's a it, it's a very small community. You have a limited number of hotel properties. Uh, the vast majority of activities uh, are around the university there. Uh, whereas we have such a diverse uh, economy and a diverse population, and are so much larger in yeah. uh, in, in Lake Charles and in, in Southwest Louisiana. So, uh, like I said, the 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 leadership qualities remain the same, but the destinations are just night and day. Uh, different. And you mentioned hotels. That's changed here in the last several years. I mean, yeah. and continues to change, right? Twelve years ago when I started at the CVB, we had just over 2,500 hotel rooms in Calcasieu Parish. Now we're closing in on 8,000. Wow. Yeah. So wow. And, and growing. Changed significantly. Uh, and there's still there's two more going up in Sulphur right now at exit 20. So. Yeah. That's it's wild. Yeah, that blows my mind, actually. And somebody actually... <laughs> Had made a comment to me the other day. They said, "Well, I don't. I, I've never stopped." It was somebody I was chatting with online, and they said, "Well, I've never really stopped in the area." And I said, "You should." And they're like, "Yeah, well, it doesn't look like I'm hurting for a place to stay." But I said, "Well, oddly enough, you know, it depends on when. It depends on when." I was like, you know, trying to find a room if you're. Well, yeah. here, here's your interesting fact for the day, Warren, and I bet you wouldn't even know this either. And I, and I will bet no one that's in our listening audience will know this. In the state of Louisiana. There's only two cities that have two 1,000 hotel room properties or more. Really? What are those two cities? My goodness, I have no idea. New Orleans. Really? And Lake Charles. Wow. We're one of only two cities wow. in the state of Louisiana that have two properties in excess of 1,000 rooms. Wow, really? Exactly. I didn't know that. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a kind of a hidden gem fact that we're trying to spread that word a little more. That That's know. interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's something you don't think about. I mean, even just, you know, you would wonder why does that matter to me? But it does when you think about having those rooms, what it brings in. Well, it, it brings the ability, uh, so many of the events that Eric and his sales team are trying to get from a meeting standpoint want to meet under one roof. Mm. And so the more that we can 
put into those particular properties all under one roof, then the larger and larger uh, convention that we're able to hold. The, you can spread them out and you can still get that business. It just becomes much, much harder to make that sale because they, they, they want to be under one roof. I see. Okay. Well, you just said events. So let's talk about that. I mean, it seems like events in this area is almost like growing it's constantly it blows my mind how many <laughs> events like does anybody have a number at this table like just how many events would annually take place in this area we've got yeah. 75 just fairs and festivals yeah, wow but, i mean so it depends more than, on how you define yeah. events yeah too. well that, that's true okay and that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't include all of the different sporting events right. and just yeah so concerts uh, yeah outside of that of course you know? that's a moving target right it it every year yeah four, four or five hundred plus probably that is wild to think easy. about I mean, to think about when I was a kid, and I'm going to plug my dad's business, uh, Bose Videos. You know, he had a video store back in the 80s and 90s. And so back then, that was what you had to do, right? I mean, you go rent movies and video games and play pool and play video games. Chill and grill. Yeah, chill and grill. So you, you looked around and you maybe had some events, you know, but it was nothing like now. I mean, you can pick any weekend and there's something going on here. A lot of times, multiple events. And, yeah. and that's one of the things we were talking earlier about, you know, working with different groups and, you know, people come to us and go, oh, what's a good weekend for me to host this event? Well, gosh, I mean, here's here's our calendar. You right. know, try to find a blank weekend. It's tough. Yeah. I've actually kind of give up on over of there not being overlap. I mean, when I talk to people when we're doing branding and they're kicking off an event, when they're going to do it's always a key thing. And that's not really our decision, ultimately, but we do and get involved in the conversation. And then you, you start looking and you're like, well... You're going to have to overlap at some point with something else. Just and depends not on every what it event is. is for everyone either. Right. There are certain people that you know would like would prefer to go to the symphony, and there are certain people that would like to go to a monster truck show. I like to go to both. So uh, <laughs> I learned two new things. Today. <laughs> no, I didn't know you like monster trucks. No, today. no, no I'm just I'm just saying I like the fact that there's that kind of diversity there in in um, ability to to make that because even in a big family you. You have your kid wants to do this one thing mom and dad want to do this and somebody else, you know so um like eric said there's just there's room for everything there are so many people um living here and it seems like people are wanting to get more involved in the community and they want to be part of the events that are going on and um and like Kyle said earlier, just a, a good energy that's in the area. And so I can say, you know, just from my perspective of that since I began, you know, back in 2003 to today, it's exciting because, I, you know, if we have a media a person that's coming through that happens to be coming through, hey, what's going on? I don't have to scramble. I'm, I just say, hey, you know, this is a la carte. This is what's going on. Right. And you can pick it even from the brunches um, and and just the the businesses that are latching onto the idea of pairing, you know, music or you know, art or involving um, different groups to come together. I think it's it's really good the synergy that that's created. Yeah. So you know, nobody just has their own thing. They involve other groups, and people are successful and they work together. Yeah. Like that. And I think the diver the diversity. I couldn't say that word for a second. The <laughs> diversity of the events that we host in the area are. Are, I mean, like Angie said, there's something for everybody, you yeah. know, whether it's an, an arts event or a sporting event or uh, music, whatever the case may be, uh, there's something for everybody. So 
maybe shifting gears to a little more of a personal note how enriching is the job for each of you culturally and just for your joy and happiness that sounds like a, a question for me. Well, where to begin? Um, no, but for me, I think in my particular role that I get to be the glue that just kind of, okay, I can I can pick from this group and this group and this group and make something happen. And maybe, you know, person A doesn't know person B, but I happen to know both of them just yeah. because of the different things that I've done over the course of my career. So I feel like the, the fulfilling part for me is connecting those dots and helping people, um, I guess, realize a bigger potential than mm-hmm. what they had in, in mind to begin with. It's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that, you know, this group is working on the same exact thing as this group over here. Yeah. Let's put them together and see what can happen. Um, so that's that's the the beautiful part and the sparkly part in my I like world. That. It yeah. brings me joy. Shake your glitter. Making bringing people together. <laughs> yeah, I actually do have a glitter jar on my desk. She does. Sometimes when people look sad, I give them a shaky shake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm more competitive at nature, and so I like to win. And so um, the the joy that I I have received here has been the fact that we've won so much over the last two years, Uh, whether it's the Olympic trials for boxing, whether it's the PGA Corn Ferry Tour that's coming, the Pro Watercross, whether it's the new brand that's just launched, whether it's the uh, International LNG Conference that'll be here in November, the Lieutenant Governor's Conference. So all of those things, whether it be marketing, promotion, sales, um, you know, the, the, the fact that we're constantly right now winning uh, just gives me great peace every day. That's good, and it's good for the area, too, to have those things. And for me, I, lo- I love the challenge. Um, you know, we've talked several times about the USA Boxing Olympic Trials, and I've heard from people for the, since we started bidding for it. You know, a city like the size of Lake Charles isn't supposed to host an Olympic trial for uh, one of the largest national governing bodies in the Olympics. Um, but we did it, and we did it well. And, and they even came back, and they said, you know, a city the size of Lake Charles probably isn't supposed to host an Olympic trial, but y'all knocked it out of the park. That's y'all, awesome. Y'all killed it. So it feels good. Um, feels good. Kno- knocked it out of the ring. Knocked it out. Knocked out. Knocked, we knocked it out. Knocked it out. So. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> you can't say knock it out of the park when you're talking about I'm boxing. sorry. It's, it's kind of my word. So, um, so I, just, I just love the challenge of seeing a, a plan come together. I mean, that was something we've never done before. You know, um, it's only the second time in the history of the state that Louisiana's hosted an Olympic trial. And the first time was in New Orleans in 92, was track and field at Ted Gormley. So there was really no barometer there was nobody in the state to talk to to say hey how did you do this and uh, but through networking through you know going to different conventions and stuff was able to talk to some people who, you know this works that works you know we, we've done this we've done that and uh, just pulled it off you know that's awesome so. that feels good okay so this question I'm gonna try not to make it loaded because you know y'all y'all have you gotta represent everybody but um, this is the good news, Oren. That's right. This is a positive <laughs> question, though. What's something that, that either happens locally or something that you enjoy locally in, in our area, whatever it may be, food, events, just a space that you like to occupy? Uh, what's one of your favorite things? It doesn't have to be your favorite because we don't want to say one's better, you know. 
I'm trying to make it open so it's a, a nice umbrella that it there could be other things, but what's something that you just really go, oh, I love this about our area? I'm going to, I'll go first. Uh, one of, not the only one yeah. of, <laughs> uh, my favorite events is Smoking Barrel. Ah, I am uh, uh, I'm a connoisseur of barbecue, and I love good bourbon. There you, you go. Put those two together in, in an event uh, this past year. Of course, we had a beautiful day uh, on the courthouse lawn and uh, spend an afternoon uh, visiting with friends, drinking bourbon, and eating barbecue. So, smoking barrel. Hits it right. Yeah. Okay. So, I love Christmas, and I love sulfur. So I love Christmas under the oaks. Oh, That's, yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, for me, I grew up here. So when I go, I see people that I haven't seen in years. And yeah. it's just really cool. Or old teachers. Well, former teachers. Not yeah. old ones. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. Careful how Good you cover. cover. I know. Those old, decrepit teachers. They can't fail you now. It's too late. <laughs> no. But she has kids there. They can't yeah. fail I know. Yeah. I have a lot of kids. Uh, so, yeah, you just, just run into people that you haven't seen in a long time. It's just fun. And, you know, of course, you have the snow and you have the music and um, the trains, which are fairly new to, to the Brimstone and people haven't been there. But um, it's just uh, every time I go, there's some little twinkle thing that's different that I hadn't seen before and and even just something really simple I'm a simple person I get excited about simple things but like they had a um, hot chocolate and then they handed me a spoon I thought it was a regular spoon I put it in there oh no no it was candy cane spoon oh you know and they just handed it to us small it was little things small little things and um so and of course pecan street is always just glowing and beautiful and everybody just takes that hashtag sulfur today pride uh for that event and i think i just think it's a it's a really neat um event that and if people haven't been to it they would enjoy it even if they're not from the area they have you know really interesting jewelry makers and um, artists and things like that um great for christmas shopping and it's just a beautiful um setup at the henning cultural center yeah I like it too. I've been sitting here listening to the two of them and trying to narrow it down to one. And I think Mardi Gras and McNeese football tailgating. Oh, you can't do that. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Angie's going to be shocked by this, but my favorite is probably the beer festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never been to that. Anybody who knows me would probably be shocked. You drink beer? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've never been. Is that who Nick Nick Vallone created that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, they, they do in. a great job. They bring in a lot of different beer. It's actually expanded my taste for beer because I'm a Bud Light guy. You know, ah. uh, I'll go to Crying Eagle and try some new things, but that's about as far as I would step out. Yeah. Uh, but the beer festivals kind of expanded that, and um, you know, I, now I enjoy trying new beer. Yeah, you know? no, it so, makes sense. And it's I guess, not all good, but it, I enjoy trying it. So. I, I'm the same way. I don't drink typically, but when I go out of town, I'll go to a brewery or something same and try, yeah. you know, different things just to see. You know, sometimes I said, tried a, a milk beer one time I was and uh, when I was in Colorado, and I was like, this is the strangest yeah, thing. That's strange. It just yeah, sound- I know. It was weird. It was kind of sour. <laughs> and he called it a sour milk beer. I was like, this is the strangest thing, but I, you know, it's worth a shot because yeah. your mind goes, what is that? Yeah, it's know. worth a shot. I've done the same thing, and then I've <laughs> right. come back and brought Nick, hey man, you need to get this brewery come down to Lake Charles and yeah. he did a couple years ago with a brewery out of Shreveport uh, um, Great Raft? No, the uh, Heart, Flying Heart Flying. Brewery. Oh, okay. Uh, and they actually got selected as People's Choice Best Beer with oh, a wow. chili beer that they brought Interesting. Down, uh, which was 
pretty neat. I mean, it had a little bitty bite after the at the at the end, kind of like eating a spoonful of chili, but tasted nothing like chili until that little bite. So, yeah, that's but it was cool. So uh, that's that's if I have to pick one, that's going to be my one. Yeah, I like that. I like for me. I think it's probably in a nutshell the Creole Nature Trail. I just like to drive it. I, I do it a lot and just go exploring. Even not just staying right on the road, just going. Hey, there's a side road. Let me see what's out there. And I just like that the scenery. Honestly, just quiet and peaceful. It's really a treasure. Honestly, and I live so close. I kind of live on it actually. Mm-hmm. So you can just hit the road. You know, on a Sunday morning before the sun comes up and really just get different colors every weekend you know it's just beautiful out it there. is I, I did that one time I'm, I'm really weird about the kids being on um you know ipads and phones yeah. and stuff and so I, I turned to my husband and whispered in his ear it's like let's go to the beach and he was like what and it was october <laughs> and i said everybody is like we're going to the beach and they looked at me like i was crazy which i might be but anyway so <laughs> so they all put down their phones and we just jumped in the van and went down to uh well two vans actually <laughs> and went down to the beach and it was just a glorious day and we have great memories from that yeah, it's just, yeah. you know get out do yeah. something I mean, that's what it's there for it's this uh beautiful memories we do the same thing i love going down to the water i mean you know it's so close i mean mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy to forget you can just stay on that corridor and not go north or south and you miss out so much i, I love mm-hmm. heading south i remember we took a group of riders down to the crown nature trail this is years ago and when it was a the way the bus was set up is it was people were on one side looking out the to the other side of the window so it wasn't like a typical bus and so we pulled around and we had the water on one side and land still on the other side and everybody that was sitting on one side of the bus freaked out because they didn't realize we were so close to the gulf of mexico (laughs) and the people that were facing the other direction were like what's going on (laughs) so because it really isn't that far and it's fun and we have you know great shelling opportunities and people can just um it's not crowded and you can just enjoy the day have a picnic and it's fun it is and i'm happy This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. 
That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. This is the part of the show where I give up the question asking role to the fishbowl. Here we go. So let's go left Lady. to right. Oh, you're about to go ladies first. <laughs> no, no, no. no you're it, Eric. You're right so off each the of you will draw one. We'll all talk about it and see what happens. Mm. No promises on what's coming out of there. Uh-oh. Ah. This looks like a fortune cookie. <laughs> hmm. Is it heavy? Which living person do you most despise? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> man. I thought this was fine. The good news positive. Man, that's pretty. I mean, yeah. Somebody threw a negative. Somebody put a negative. How about admire? Maybe let's just flip that to admire. <laughs> we can do that. We've done that before. Actually, sometimes we just go, hey, we don't even like that question. <laughs> we'll just pull another. I don't know. I can, I can answer this question. <laughs> Can you? Have you ever? Dis- let me, cha- let me change it. Has, has despised Tuesday after my Philadelphia Eagles got knocked out of the playoffs. <laughs> I can answer this question. So. <laughs> Sorry, I won't go. So, what about County? something that you've despised, but maybe made you make a positive shift because maybe you didn't want to do that? You know, have you ever had anything like that in your life? Yeah, uh, in high school, um, there was a teacher my sophomore year of high school who kind of jerked me to the side i was always in trouble getting the detention and just being a class clown cutting up you didn't care about school or anything else and and he kind of pulled me aside got in my face and i hated him i couldn't stand him um because nobody we always did it at times when nobody was around you know he always uh kind of came at me when mm. there was no witnesses and it was my word against his and they weren't going to believe me because i was the the troublemaker i was always the one in the principal's office and Finally, he kind of pulled me to the side and he said, uh, am I getting through to you at all? I said, I can't stand you. And he said, well, you're going to hate me even more. He said, because you're in my class now. He moved, switched my schedule, put me in his class and started uh, basically a television studio in high school and made me the director of the, the television studio against my will. I but love that. exactly what I needed at the time. And, <laughs> wow. Um, turned me around. Otherwise, uh, God knows where I'd be right now. I mean, That's interesting. He, uh, he definitely... As somebody who I did not care for at first, but he uh, he definitely changed my life for the better, and um, you know he's uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook, and I don't hesitate to tell him that and give him credit anytime somebody makes a comment about him, like "Hey, hold up!" So that's a great um, story, so. man. That's a hinge. So. I love it. What a good question. Well, man, you're surprised go. I got detention, no, Angie? No, I'm not surprised at all <laughs> about that. I just, I'm just realizing I don't, I've never really despised it. I guess if I don't like something, I just don't go there. Oh, right? Yeah, right. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep it lighthearted because yeah. I just don't know what I despise. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Okay, so I've never. You're a Notre Dame fan, so you can come up with something. Mm, yeah, I'm a Notre Dame fan just to irritate uh, Eric. Oh, we uh, have a very just a choice, odd so, relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I'll just say I've—I wouldn't say despise, but I've really strongly disliked um, country music. 
really mm. you know um but then every now and then it's like if i'm going canoeing or if i'm going camping uh, you know or yeah. someone pulls out the six string yeah. and you're around a campfire i can go there and so it's just it's it just depends so i mean that's about as <laughs> down like in the that, deep though. recesses of my soul of despicable things um yeah I don't have a great story like No, that's Eric. interesting, though, still. I mean, I get what you mean by that. Like, sometimes there's a nostalgia factor to things that maybe I didn't like. Maybe not people, but things where I thought, oh, I couldn't stand that. I don't like that. Or I tell myself that. But then years go by, and it just you hear it, or you taste something, and you go, mm-hmm. or a smell, and you're like, oh, I didn't really think I liked okra. You know, the smell of cooked okra, but now it reminds me of being at my grandmother's right. house. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like that kind of thing. Yeah, I get that. That's a tough question. Like, I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> Should have went ladies first. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have picked this question. Yeah. Well, my, my vibes are better than that. Mine is, uh, <laughs> it is more attitude than a person. And uh. so I want to be perfectly clear before I make the statement that this is not directed at any particular person political party, but I despise elected officials who put party in front of people. Mm. And so I see it far too often in Washington, and again, both Democrats and Republicans are both guilty of it, and starting to see it some in Baton Rouge. And so, you know, I I hope that our elected officials and those from Southwest Louisiana certainly have subscribed to that, uh, put the things that are best for our area, the things that are best for our state, the things that are best for people in front of which party they happen to belong to at that particular time in the political process. Kyle, that is a good That's answer. That's the best answer. And I That's agree with everything are. that you just said, like 100%. I love that answer, man, because that's people. We can forget people in our processes so often, you know, and I love I've that. missed them 20. No. Mm-hmm. No, no. No. 2020. Orange is going to work it up. Good answer. As soon as we leave. Good answer. He's on it. No, that was good. I mean, I, that's... You know, so often, I just got to say this, just segue just a little bit. So often people avoid saying anything political on this podcast because they it's so so volatile. So often you do not know what is going to come next, no matter what you say. And that was just a wonderful answer because it's just right dead center. You know, people are so important. I, I tend to lean that way, too. You know, that we got to remember the human beings are involved in all these processes. So. Good answer, man. Good answer. Thank you. Golly. Pick okay. a better question. Yeah. <laughs> Please. That one needs to be tossed. I'll make that. We have retired decision. a few questions. Here you go, Warren. All right. It's retired. Ooh. Okay. Would you rather explore space or the ocean? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Lighter question. There you go. <laughs> I told you my vibe was better. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, would I rather explore space or the ocean? Okay. Um... I think, you know, either either place is kind of scary because you can't breathe hmm. in space or in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So um, if there was not any type of, um, I guess, danger of re-entering the earth in a fireball, 
<laughs> like if it was totally it's safe. A positive choice. <laughs> I'm just saying. This I mean, is the good news. I mean, you can go to space and explore it, but can you come back? You know, mm. so like if there was no, I think that would be really cool because I've always wanted to fly. You know, I mean, and I have dreams when I'm flying, and it's really cool. So if you're in outer space, and you know, you don't, the gravity isn't the same, and you can weigh, like, you can eat whatever you want in outer space. And still be light as a feather. Hmm. Eat that chocolate cake. Eat that a two Stealing my line. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know. Just to, th- to see the world, you know, from a distance, and see how everything just kind of is, you know, outside of yourself. Yeah. So I think outer space would be going my, with space. Would be my jam, my space mm-hmm. jam. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I was listening to a podcast with him the other day, and he said they call it the cosmic perspective. You know, when you can see the the whole Earth, a lot of your uh, political ideas start to drop away and, like, all these conflicts and stuff that we have. When you see it, you can you can see humanity as a little more of a whole from that perspective than when you're just down on the ground terrestrially. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, space. Oh, are we all going to choose space now after that? Man. No, I'm going in the water. I was going in the water. It's got to be different. <laughs> I, I just think that uh, there's so much uh, that I haven't seen underneath the surface. And so uh, exploring the ocean and, and the different fish and the different mammals and all that uh, the plant life that's down there, I would love to spend some time in a submarine just exploring around and seeing. Yeah. I like that answer. I'm having a thought now. Something's popped in my head. Uh-oh. I'm going to let you answer. I've got to bring this home <laughs> in a second. I'm going to have to say space. Space. Uh, mainly because I weigh over 300 pounds. It would be really cool to be light as a feather and float around. <laughs> so dance around, flip around, and all that. So uh, I just think it would be cool. Uh, you know, a lot of unknown. And, um, you know, I've never been to the bottom of the ocean. I imagine that would be pretty cool. Wild down there, I hear, um, like mysteries. But I, I, I want to see if there's life on other planets and things like that. So. Yeah. I'm kind of like that, too. I have that curiosity. I was thinking about this from travel and tourism. It just reminds me so much Visit of... Mars.com. I was about to think that we can get extraterrestrials to come visit well, Lake Charles. Your answer, both of your answers, and then Kyle's answer, it's so interesting because it's sort of... The, the it reminds me of National Tourism Week. What you said, mm-hmm. you know, it's like so often we all want to, we want to go out and go see what's out there, what we haven't seen, and then you know we're always looking up, you know, what's out there, what's out there. But really, we're right here at home on our own planet, and there's so much that we don't even know and explore. So it's kind of a, a you know, a National Tourism Week, like get out there and like learn about what's going on in your area. It just mm-hmm. kind of kicked that in my head. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, we haven't really fully. Some people just haven't really explored. explored their home yet mm-hmm. you know a lot of people nothing wrong with that curiosity though what's out there i'm like you though I'm, i have this curiosity of like is there life out there you know i think it was i don't think we know the truth i think somebody does but we don't yeah i, I know i know it all <laughs> good answers all right here we go How did you meet your best friend? Oh, well, who is yeah. your best friend? My wife is my best <laughs> awesome. friend. I knew that was coming. How come I couldn't get that answer or question? Not the answer. 
You can't get that answer. I got the answer right. How about your second best friend? That's (laughs) good. So uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, We had both been married previously, so we were both uh, single at the time. And uh, I was living in Ruston, and she was living in Shreveport. And uh, a really good friend of hers worked at Squire Creek Country Club, where I was a member, and just happened to mention to her over the Christmas holidays um, that you know that I was uh, that she had seen me at the club and reminded her that maybe that uh, she should introduce the two of us. And so uh, Leslie said uh, that sounded like a good idea. And so uh, go ahead and start doing that. Well, I'm an avid duck hunter, and so around the time they were trying to contact me. I was spending a lot of time in the duck blind. I was not married. So I was uh, all over uh, Louisiana and Arkansas duck hunting. So finally, about a month later, um, the young lady's name is Betsy that introduced us, just sent me a text message and said, I've been trying to get in touch with you for a month, but you obviously never work anymore. And so uh, I've got someone I'd like to introduce you to. Here's her name. Go look at her Facebook. If you're interested, touch base and I'll make it happen. And so sure enough. And it was a love connection. Sure enough. It was, uh, um, I went and looked at it and thought that would be interesting. And so Betsy introduced us and uh, seven months later, we got married. Wow. That's awesome. So, no, you didn't have to. You didn't have to, you know, play the fields. You just played the ducks. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, I'm gonna do what I love. I like that. Yeah. So anyway, but it was uh, like I said. That's uh, so. She's my best friend, and so that's how. How I'm long have you been married? Uh, seven years. Seven years. Wow. Seven months. Seven years later. Seven. Oh. Uh, like auspicious, auspicious, auspicious numbers. Auspicious numbers. <laughs> I like that. I love it whenever your best friend, your best friend, better as I was about to say. Now, what's your answer? Who's your best friend? Three years ago, it wouldn't have been this answer because I wasn't married. But now it's it's my wife as well. So I'm not just saying that because I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight. I mean that. Um, we uh, <laughs> we actually met in college uh, in Orlando, Florida, back in '93. She okay. was best friends with. The girl I was dating at the time. Uh, and I was kind of, you know, kept an eye on her and this and that. And then she moved back to Houston. I moved to Lake Charles. Um, lost touch for several years. And then found her on Facebook. Uh, just bored one day and looking up names of people I knew on Facebook. Found her. Friend requested her. And then Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. And I reached out to her and I just said, hey, hope you're doing good. And sparked up a conversation. A month later, we went on our first date. And... Uh, a year later, she moved to Lake Charles, and then we got married. Wow. So, yeah. And so y'all have known each other a long time then. That's kind of cool. Known each other for a long time, but lost contact to yeah. most of that. So. That's neat, though. People Some ask you... us, how long have you known each other? Uh, we tell them 20-something years, 25, 26 years, but not really. Yeah. It's weird how life does that, though. It puts yeah. somebody in front of you, and then, you know, some time passes, and put it, put them back. I like that. Oh, man. Sure. Who's your best friend? <laughs> She only has one answer. Lauren Parker's my best friend. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, not really. <laughs> she's just saying that. Wow. No, you're you're my cu- second now you need best to cut her friend. My second best friend. <laughs> so, uh, so, Kyle. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, Is it Eric? <laughs> it's Eric. No, I have a lot of best friends. Amos. So, Amos, yeah, he's my best friend. Okay, so I'll, I'll say Trent as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's my best friend. It's your seventh choice. <laughs> Well, seven, seven, seven. So, uh, okay, so funny story. I can't cook, you know, and um, I don't know if it's funny or sad, but uh, I was in a church play, and I was playing the role of a... uh 
<laughs> a baker. Okay. So I'm on stage and I'm rolling the dough and I'm, I mean, it looks like I know what I'm doing and I'm singing <laughs> and stuff. So I, I did that. It was around Easter time. And so I went to a coffee shop. I went to Stellar Beans for a Fusion 5 uh, meeting and Mayor Roach was there and everything. And the American press was there and they took a picture and what so and they ran it in the press. And what's so cool about that picture is in the far back of the room, Trent was sitting there in a business meeting and I didn't know him and he didn't well I guess he noticed me in church but I didn't know him so he came up to me at the end and just started talking to me and I was like why is this weirdo talking to me like I don't understand <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> then I realized oh What's this guy <laughs> he goes to my church and so then I ended up running into him and stuff like that and it's from my fake baking that you know I'm married to this man today false advertising it was false advertising he thought he was going on but, I, he but on, my, on our <laughs> first right. date though I came clean I said look if you're looking for somebody who's going to have a hot meal on the table every day when you get home from work I said I'm not your girl I said but what I like in domestic qualities I make up for it in entertainment value <laughs> so uh, that was good he's like well, I can cook I was like okay I'm just letting you know I mean hey but the weirdest thing about that is we were dating for probably I don't know it was four or five months and we went to Peking Garden and uh, so we got these fortune cookies and my and my fortune cookie my learn my word to learn you know how they have the word to learn in the different language? Oh, yeah. Was mm-hmm. wife. What? Weird. That is weird. And he said, oh, what's your word to learn? And I just slid it across the table because it was just freaky. That is interesting. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Wow. Had y'all been having conversations at that point? About Not really. No? I mean, it was just kind of embarrassing. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. He turned yeah. red and we both just laughed when we left. But um, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, we've been married for, in May, it'll be five years. Wow. And has it been, been that together long? together seven. Man. Seven. Seven. Another seven. <laughs> there we go. That's fascinating. Those are good stories. I love them. That's positive. Yeah. There is one more question. You didn't answer the question. Oh, I have to answer that. Well, Michelle and I met, <laughs> uh, well, it's like yours a little bit. I used to, many years ago in the early 90s, I was a waiter at KD's. And so Michelle would have been in high school at that point. And so... Uh, my job at KD's a lot of times was kicking high school kids out who didn't want to go home because yeah, the owner Eric. was like, they're taking up tables, you know, the mean. real patrons can't come in. <laughs> if they're not ordering, they're, yeah, they better, if they're not ordering, they're leaving. So these kids would come in and order a plate of potato wedges between them, you know, and, and a cup of coffee and hang out for five hours. Well, when I fast forward years later and I go to work at Whitbeck Advertising and I walk in on my first day and he's been telling me, he's like, oh, my designer, she's the best in the state, you know, and he's, I hadn't met her yet. She walks around the corner and I'm like, hi, I'm Warren. She introduced herself, Michelle. She's very quiet. So I thought she just didn't like me at all. She was like, just stared at me and shook my hand. And, uh, I was looking at her face and I was like, man, she sure looks familiar. So I was going through a divorce at that time. And so we just became friends, you know, my life was changing. I didn't have a lot of people around here. So I was hanging out with her and working together. We just befriended each other and ended up talking, chatting and getting to know each other really well. And I thought of her as just a really good friend, honest to God, just somebody good to have in my life. Well, just scratching my brain like where have i seen her before and she said the same thing about me like where do i Get know you from <laughs> and i was like did you ever 
like go to KD. She goes, oh my God, I used to go all the time when I was in high school. And I was like, that's what it is. You're the potato wedge girl. And I even remembered, <laughs> like she had, I said, I remember, and I closed my eye, and I was, my mind's eye, and I was like, I can see you like in a yellow sweater. And she was like, oh my God. She goes, that was my go-to shirt. I'd wear these baggy jeans and a yellow sweater. I was like, well, I can, I remember you in a group of kids, but it was weird. Now she's my wife. Of course, at that time in my mm-hmm. life, of course I was you know, 19, man, I'm an adult. She was a kid. She was in high school. It's like so stupid now, but yeah, we ended up, uh, falling in love, I guess, man. And just been together ever since, you know. Good, been good for me anyway. Hope it's a good for her. <laughs> <laughs> there is one more question. Uh, it's not in the fish bowl. It's on the back of these yellow coffee mugs that now belong to you as... Mm, thank you. We call you guys good newsies if you've been on this show. So the last question. Did anything good happen today? There's an origin to that, and I'll share it. My, my listeners are getting sick of me talking about it, but... Every day, I would go home from work, and I would ask my kids, how was your day? Or what it, what happened today? Or just sort of generically. And, you know, we were talking about complaining in the latter rungs. I, found, I started noticing that within me and within them, there was this tendency to tell the dramatic things from the day, or the, oh, this for the day, or this person said this, or this is so stressful. And it would stack up. And I was starting to realize I was doing it, too. And one day I was sitting here at work and I thought, what if I just stopped asking that question? I still want to know about their day, but what if I just asked it and just changed it a little bit and said, did anything good happen today? So I started going home and doing that. And I realized that they would have to pause and go, huh? And it was like an investigation into your day, you know, and go, yeah, actually, I didn't think about it. But we started having this little bit of gratitude, you know, for the good things instead of sliding off into these holes of complaining. So anyway, it was sort of the inspiration for this show. And so we put it on the cup. So I ask it of everybody. I pulled up at Sonic this morning, and the girl met me at the stall. What? I didn't have to wait. I didn't even check in on the app. Dang. She saw me coming, and she came out with my unsweet tea. And oh, she so she knew you. Uh, she, had, she had it ready to go. Morning. So, wow, man, yeah. that's nice. That's something so that positive. Was, that was uh, that was a first for me. Huh. Usually they're pretty quick, but that was uh, she met me at the stall. Like she was. Standing at stall eleven when I pulled in, and how'd that feel? That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it, you know, but they care. Yeah, because you can like think yesterday of brands I went for the first time ago. since last year, and uh, you know, she was like, "Where have you been?" You know, huh? So I like that. Yeah. I, that's a neat little segue because I mean, you think about a brand, and sometimes you can go, "It's just a machine or whatever." They're just trying to sell you drinks, but it's a person, people. Mm-hmm. You know, people make things good. That's awesome. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, besides my best friend bringing me coffee this morning, because a lot of times I bring him coffee. Um, so the, you can cook coffee. I can cook coffee. <laughs> I really can. And he likes his black, so that's easy. <laughs> I mean, if I had to mix something in there, I don't know. But um, no, okay, so this morning I got a call from the school that uh, the water wasn't working where my where my daughter goes to school and so uh, it was possible that school is going to be canceled and so I, of course I have my network and I had a backup plan and everything I had a backup plan for my backup plan because my, my mom had to get her hair done this morning but um, so we got we got a, a, a message saying hey everything's good the water's the water's on no problem and so that was like oh that yeah. was a little bit of a Pressure you know, release. Yeah, pressure release. Like, okay, everything's good. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good do thing anything. that happened. Right. Yeah. It's nice Besides freak out <laughs> momentarily. 
<laughs> yeah, but you didn't have to like skew your day. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice when that happens. Yeah. Well, um, nothing exciting this morning, but uh, of course it's still pretty early in the day, so we've got <laughs> plenty of time for more good things still to happen. Uh, but because the uh, sunrise is uh, a little later right now, I got in the office about six forty-five this morning, and my office is on the second floor oh. of our building sitting right on the lake yeah and so uh, as i'm reading my emails i have two windows that look out over the lake and i actually got to watch the sunrise over beautiful. the lake this morning and it was beautiful so that it was is. a great start to the day and the sunrise yesterday was gorgeous too it's pink yeah. that yeah. really pink rich color can we just say for a second that acknowledge the beauty of these sunsets and sunrises these, here they're amazing it's fantastic yeah and it helps sometimes when it's not completely clear so you get the clouds because mm-hmm. then it just shimmers off of the clouds and bounces the light bounces around and it's when i beautiful. travel i always think that i mean i'm I was like i'm gonna go watch the sunrise and sunset it's one of my favorite things to do and they're so different here mm-hmm. the colors are just and they change i love it yes just light up that's an awesome that's awesome that's to have a good that. start yeah i guess for me i got to take a nice walk before i went to work this morning my son got my son to school and traffic wasn't bad and i just got to spend some time not watching the sunrise but just out in the cool on the you know at the park for a little bit before i come in it was nice you know, seeing people out walking and just, I don't know, just being in an open space, not in some walls. And it's nice. So is there anything that people, you know, need to know about the CVB that I didn't ask that's just critical? Like, for one, where they can engage with you guys? Well, um, as Angie said, we have a, a presence on social media, digital media, website, all of the above. Uh, and so you can just go to your Google bar and click visit lakecharles.org and it'll find us in a multitude of places and uh, just interact yeah Uh, we'll put a lot of information out there and uh, you can utilize what you like and and skip over the things that uh, might not apply to you yeah great i'm going to be a little bit more instructive share 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 (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah we have hashtag visit lake charles Uh, we have a lot of um great you know content not just events and things going on but like uh, videos and and um our Instagram is just filled with inspiration. So I just, I really would like for people to explore us online and also obviously explore the area, but especially for people who live here and, and if they're, um, you know, wanting to interact on a deeper level too, we do have local bloggers, um, people who write, they love to write and they just, they want to share or, um, for talk, we have some Instagram, um, you know, amateur photographers that are incredible and they have these amazing images and they have the heart to share it they want people to know so if you if you are a person who um, is a creator and you want to share in your own medium whatever it is you know there might be a way for us to to work together so mm. but um, other than that yeah check out what's what's on our website visitlycharles.org and, and and spread the good news mm-hmm. of what's going on in the area yeah for sure uh, and on the sales side I mean if anybody out there is planning an event whether it be a wedding a reunion part of a, an association that's doing a conference or a fraternity sorority uh, planning a sporting event anything else just uh, reach out to us through through our website uh, at visitlakecharles.org and we'll be glad to help you our services are complimentary so there's no there's no charge a lot of people you know it's one of the the things people always question well how much is this going to 
cost me to do and uh, there's no charge for our services you know our, our goal is to provide those positive experiences and make sure everybody has a good time while they're here so we definitely want to help them out and find a host so, hotel or a absolutely. venue um so a lot of people don't even my own brother he was like oh i was planning this event and i i just it's been such a headache i've been trying to call all these hotels to figure out what the rates are i'm like do you even know what i do <laughs> and so and that was that was years ago so i've since educated right. But uh, so like when when Eric's saying that we can help, it's it's from all of those different perspectives and we can make the job easier because we already have the relationships with the hotels and different venues and we can just send out a lead and get that, um, you know, information a lot more efficiently. Click of a mouse, we can be in touch with every hotel and country pairs to, to get their rates and availability for different groups and uh, help them out with welcome bags for their guests. And uh, depending on the group, you know, Gumbo Gator might come out and yeah. And, uh, and pay him a visit. So That's great. This is good news. So, yeah, if you're listening, communicate with the Convention Visitors Bureau in Lake Charles. That's that's the easiest answer, right? I mean, just if you have Definitely. something that you're thinking about doing and you have some logistics worked out, but you have some question marks, just contact y'all. We're here to help. Thanks for listening to my conversation with the Visit Lake Charles team. I hope you learned more about how you can utilize the Visit Lake Charles team and resources. If you'd like to help me continue producing Find the Good News, consider becoming an Early Riser patron at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. Shares and reviews are a great help as well. I'm thankful that you chose to press play on Find the Good News.